going on, Co-Americans? Welcome to another Thursday, another episode of Chloe Across America. We had so much fun last week um, with folks calling in, and we're going to have that again. We're going to save that for the last 20 minutes of the episode. So if you are looking to join us tonight, I hope your light is popping. I hope your mic is popping. Everybody that showed up last week with a moment's notice was a camera ready. So I expect you guys to be ready as well. I'll be sharing the phone number for you to text me to get the link to join the show later on. So before we get into all of that, we're just going to kiki and see what's going on in these headlines. And yes, it's just me tonight and you guys will be joining me later on. I don't know why I'm giving you a lot of VJ energy, but this is, I'm giving you a lot of MTV VJ energy. I don't know why, but this is what we got right now. I'm feeling good, feeling great. Ow. Um, what's up with me? Let me see who's here. Let me see who's here. Let me see who's here. What's going on, Karita? Hey, what's going on, your mama? How are you doing? Hey, Allison. She tuned in last week. She joined us live. Yes, she did. Yes, she did. Um, hi to all the folks who are new. Hey, folks who are um, telling people to come and support us. I, hey, Shayna, what's up? All of y'all, I really appreciate each and every one of y'all. Okay. So what is going on with me? Hmm. Let's see. Well, I have been performing stand-up comedy. I moved to Los Angeles in December and I kind of was like, you know what? I'll get here. I'll see what's happening. I'm not really stressing it. And don't you know, people have been hitting me up, asking me to perform. And I don't know why I seem so like surprised by that, but it's always nice when people like reach out to you to ask you to perform instead of you asking them to do something, right? And so I have a show tonight. If you're in Los Angeles, I'll be at the Legacy Lounge um, hosted by the amazing Janae, who is actually a guest on the show. Um, and I'm also doing another show Saturday in Los Angeles at well, as well, Saturday at 8 p.m. I know it is a Memorial Day weekend. Let me tell you how I forgot it was a holiday weekend. Okay. I am so off the clock when it comes to calendars and dates and all that stuff. I had no concept that dude was actually a holiday coming up, but this is a holiday weekend. And what are y'all doing for Memorial Day weekend? Let me know in the comments, what y'all got? Pop? Anybody, anybody grilling? Do, do people still grill? Do we still grill? Uh, are people going to, to, to a barbecue situation? What's in my hair? Pollen. Um, anybody doing a, a barbecue situation? Like do, oh, question. Do y'all still eat hot dogs? Who eats hot dogs in the year of our Lord 2021? That's what I want to know. Mary says she's coming to bother me. Yes, Mary, I know you coming, girl. I'll, I know you coming. I'll see you soon. Um, who still eats hot dogs? I see sleeping. Let me say something. I'm trying to do the weekends again. Like, we've been in the house so long, right? that I forgot what the weekend actually was like to get excited for a Friday night to do something on Saturday and Sunday. Cause like every day, every day feels like the same. Every day is a winding road. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to Sherry Crow. Um, so I'm trying to do something fun this weekend. If you're in Los Angeles and you like to hang out, hit me up. Let me know what you got popping. I'm probably not going to come to your cookout cause I'm not eating like everything like that. You know, I'm still, she's still on her. She's still, she's still on her health wellness journey get into it um so i'm not coming over i don't want you put mama's potato salad i'm not eating no hot dogs uh as you can tell tim is back um tim do you eat hot dogs he says no tim acting like he camera shy he don't want to come on the show tonight okay that's fine i get it tim um, I know you're going to pop up at some point. Okay. So I'm good. I'm doing well. I'm healthy. I'm 
trying to do fun stuff on the weekend. I may go to a dance party. Um, Mary says the LA people don't put salt on their food. Mary, you know, it's all about the organically grown food out here. Now, I will tell you this. I have definitely cut down on my salt intake. I've cut down on my sugar intake. I basically only drink water at this moment. And I can attest to the fact that I taste things better now. Right. Because when you don't have like so much other stuff, like, I don't I'm not trying to bore you. I'm not trying to like convert y'all. I'm just saying that it's interesting now that I'm just like, huh, I really was putting a lot of extra shit on my food. Um, Noama said, no, mamwa, namwa. I hope you call in. I hope you come in onto the show. So you can tell me how to pronounce your name since I will fuck up a hot dog. The one thing I don't like about hot dogs, though, is that when you burp, you still get that hot dog smell like that smell makes me want to throw up like even though when you smell it and you eating it you're like oh it's kind of good but when it come back up on you when that when that hot dog come back up mm -mm, mm -mm. nasty nasty no i'm not turning into a health and wellness influencer i'm just simply saying that this is a part of my journey and i'll let y'all know what's going on with chloe across america i.e me and what i'm dealing with right now okay so let's get to some stories, okay? Because I know a lot of y'all are going to come on here later on in the show. I don't want to give y'all plenty of things to talk about, okay? Um, I saw this tweet the other day. And if you don't know um, who Merrick Garland is, he was denied a Supreme Court seat by the administration. No, actually, by pretty much Mitch McConnell, right? So Mitch McConnell blocked his being appointed to Supreme Court at the tail end of President Obama's um, administration because he was like, oh, it's too close to the end of this presidency. We don't want to vote on a Supreme Court justice. Mind you, they was like letting the floodgates open for everybody right before Trump left office, right? So now Merrick Garland is not a Supreme Court justice, which we really could benefit from. He is now our attorney general. And when he first got appointed, he was really talking some good shit about like equality and diversity. You know, a lot of his staff members are people of color. He has a lot of women there. And so everybody was like, maybe he's going to do all the things that he wished he could have done as Supreme Court justice. Now that he's the attorney general, he said that he's going to be investigating problematic police forces. He's going to be doing like, you know, work that hasn't been done to try and figure out like what the hell is going on, why black people, especially and people of color are being targeted by law enforcement. So then I was a little, I was a little taken aback when I saw this tweet because Merrick is talking crazy to me. Okay. This is what he said. Attorney General Merrick B. Garland announces new effort to reduce violent crime. Today, we renew our commitment to reducing violent crime and building strong communities where all Americans are safe. The deputy attorney general is issuing a comprehensive strategy to deploy our federal resources in the most effective way, disrupting the most dangerous threats and supporting the ground level efforts of local law enforcement. Already a problem. Put a pin in that. Put a pin in that. Okay. And this endeavor, we will engage our communities as critical partners. And through our grant making, we will support programming at all stages from the earliest violence interruption strategies to post-conviction entry services. Tim, leave this up for a second because I want us to, I want us to break this down, okay? First of all, we renew our commitment to reducing violent crime and building strong communities. First of all, a strong community and violent crime are a problem because of lack of resources, okay? So if you want a strong community, you got to make sure that the people in that community have home ownership, 
right? Because homeowners are going to really want to take care of their community, right? If you're dealing with a renter situation, you're dealing with people who are at the whim of landlords who could be evicted. If you get evicted because you're late one month on your rent, your landlord doesn't care. You don't live in a city like New York City that has renter's rights. All of a sudden, now you find yourself because your landlord, who actually could be a slumlord, decides that they don't want your family in anymore because they don't want Section 8 people. They want people who are going to pay the new market value rent, right? So now you're dealing with all of that. Now you are dealing with eviction. You can't go to work because your shit is on the fucking curb. Now you have to deal with how are you going to feed your family? Now we got to understand violent crime comes from desperation. Not everybody is a motherfucking mobs mobster. Not everybody is a gangbanger. People be, uh, be stealing shit because they need food. They need resources. They don't know how they're going to pay their bills. So when you talk about building a strong community and then the next line says we're going to invest in law enforcement, that's not how you do this. We don't need you to invest in law enforcement. Law enforcement has billions of dollars of budgets across multiple states as we stand right now. The last thing they need is more money thrown at them so that you can ask them to please maybe not kill as many black and brown people. If you want to stop violence, the number one thing you should have been saying is I, Attorney General Merrick B. Garland, are try is trying to push forth a comprehensive gun reform bill so that we can accurately take down the amount of people who are being killed, how these guns are getting here, making sure they're not falling into the wrong hands or making sure there's more stipulations. But you can't sit here and say that you want to. Uh, reduce violent crime when a governor of Texas just said that he is willing to let people have guns without any background check and no permits. So you talk about the wild, wild west. Texas is out here ready to blast you in a motherfucking head because you looked at them the wrong way. So how are you going to talk about violent crimes and targeting certain communities, which is all coded language, right? Coded language is we're going to target certain communities to make sure we reduce violent crime i.e. black and brown communities. So now you're going to work with law enforcement to make sure that these communities feel safer. What you're really going to do is you're going to give law enforcement more tanks, more tear gas, more sound cannons, all the shit that they use against us during these protests for the last year and a half. You're going to give them more to help quell violence in the black and brown community. When that money, right, because, you know, we talk about defunded police on the show, that money could be used for actual resources. That money could be used to open up community centers. That money could be used to subsidize programming for families or young mothers or young fathers, right? That money could be used to find books and supplies, school supplies for kids so that they don't feel like they have no way of learning any sort of education. That money also could be used to give teachers a raise, to also institute food programs, local farms that could be built in these communities where people can learn how to harvest and build their own food because we know very much so that food and diet contributes to emotional and mental health or instability. So now if you have a community that is well-fed, well-nourished, right, treated well, the violence is going to go down. The last thing you need is motherfucking police to come and talk about we trying to take down the violence. And you're not and you're not addressing the influx of of illegal firearms that's on the street. If you're not talking about illegal firearms or militias or white terrorists who want to terrorize communities, if you're not talking about all of that, then you're not really talking about how to get rid of violence in communities across America. Here's a story that just came to my attention. There was a man in Chicago and he was the victim of a new artificial intelligence program that was used by the Chicago police 
to determine whether or not someone from their system that they just pulled out of the program was susceptible to either being a victim of a gun violence or being the perpetrator of gun violence. And so the police showed up to this man's house in Chicago and they were like, hey, listen, you came up in our system. The AI says that you're probably going to commit a crime. So we're just going to like check you out. Right. And so they started following him. And of course, the community is like, why are the police going into this man's house and they didn't arrest him? So now they think, yo, he's a snitch. Don't you know this man got shot by his own friends, alleged friends, because they was like, we don't trust your story. We don't believe that the police just said that you fit some some algorithm and you just may possibly be, you know, and mind you, the man had no record whatsoever. So now he gets shot by the police. I know he gets shot by his friends because they're like, you working with the police. So now he's going to the police like, listen, I don't know what this program is, but you got to clear my name. Like they are, my, the streets is trying to like get me. And this reminds me of that terrible Tom Cruise movie when it was like the twins. Do you remember that movie when it was the twins and it was like laying in that water floating around and they just open their eyes being like crime, crime. And then they would like get the person before they could commit the crime. So they, that's what um, law enforcement is doing with the billions of dollars that they have that they get every single year. They're coming up with artificial intelligence, which is programmed by people who have racial biases. If you've ever been into a, a, a bathroom and you try to do your hand, do the hand sensor, you know, do yeah, pre-crime. That's right, Tim. Thank you. Pre-crime. Um, so that was a program. They're trying to do a pre-crime program to get you out of the way before you commit a crime. But they profiled this man and he ended up getting shot by the homies because they was like, you a snitch, right? And so you cannot allow artificial intelligence what is which is programmed by people who already have racial biases? Let's look at Silicon Valley. The lack of diversity in there has been uh, documented for over a decade, right? And it's the same thing when you, like I said, when you go to a bathroom and you try to put your hand out and get the automatic toilet or like paper towel roll to come down. And if you're a black person, you got to do it a couple times because the technology is not programmed to pick up melanated skin. So if you're dealing with that and all of a sudden you're sitting at home and the law enforcement now uh, emboldened by a t Attorney General Merrick Garland saying, oh, you fit the description and we just want to get you off the street before we have any more violent crime because we're going to stop violent crime. Nigga, what? That is not how you stop violent crime in America. You want to stop violent crime, you give people money so they don't have to resort to crime. You give people opportunities so they don't have to resort to crime. You give people opportunities so they don't have to feel like they have to join any illegal activity because they have a foundation or a nest egg, okay? If you gave everybody $5,000 and you told them, listen, go play with the stock market, get your motherfucking money up, and then come back to us and let us know how that worked out, that will be a way better use of your money than giving cops another motherfucking baton or a goddamn sound cannon to make people uncomfortable in their lives. So Merrick B. Garland, I was rooting for you. I wish you had not done this. I understand that it is very hard for people to acknowledge that plans that have been put in place for decades don't work because everybody is keeps knocking themselves on the same damn brick wall instead of trying something new and inventive. And that's also why we need mother, younger people in office. We do. Because old people going to always do the same thing. We need a new generation. We need, we need like a Gen X attorney general who's like, I'm not with the shit. This ain't working. Y'all shit is whack. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you got to deal with people who are in office who probably really can't even program their remote control, they don't have the solution on how to stop violent crime in America. It, it doesn't work. The, the war on drugs didn't work. You know, and, and the other, the, go back, Tim, to the thing because I want to pick, uh, pick apart one more line. Go back one. 
Tim Tim Poland's living here. Very good. Um. All right. So this so, so through grant making, we will support programs at all stages, right? So now you're already now you're putting in a barrier, right? You're telling a community that is a victim of violent crimes. Now they got to enlist grant writers. So now who is going to be those grant writers? Those grant writers, no shade, no tea, are going to probably be progressive white people who are considered themselves liberal. But we all know progressive white people and liberals can low-key be racist as well, but they're racial biasy and they're God complex. So now you're going to introduce a bunch of people with God complexes to write grants on behalf of black and brown people in impoverished, violent communities so that you can say we gave somebody money to fix the problem and they ain't going to never fix the fucking problem. And then from the earliest violence interruption, this is the last line here, from the earliest violence interruption strategies to post-conviction re-entry services. So you don't skip the whole part. You just say, we're going we gonna to intervene before there's real violence. And then we're going to have a strategy for when the niggas come out of prison. You done, you done missed the middle. There's a whole middle part in there that y'all skipped over. You just assuming that you're going to pick people who may be prone to violence. You're going to lock them up. And then when they come out, you're going to have a grant writer be like, hey, we we signed a grant and you get this amount of money for this program. So go ahead and pick up this motherfucking garbage with this blue jumpsuit on. What are we saying? Oh, come on, uh, Merrick B. Garland. We got to do better. 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 Stop with the same old policing of underprivileged, undisturbed communities. You're just suffocating them even more. We do not need more police. We do not need more police involvement. We do not need. And I hate when people say, well, what about the police? I said this before on the show. How many times you call the police and they showed up? Depending on what neighborhood you live in, they don't show up. And if they show up, they show up late. I have no very few people who be like, I call the police and they save the day. Very few people. Women who have been sexually assaulted, they call the police and they got to be questioned by the police. Did it really happen? Who, who did it? What were you wearing? Did you know the person? How do you know he raped you? What nigga? What are you talking about? I got to deal with a nigga with a motherfucking associate's degree grilling me about my sexual assault. And then they ain't going to do the right paperwork. Now you got all of these rape kits. That's like, if you want to stop violent crime, motherfucking flush out all of the archives for all these rape kits across America. There are hundreds of thousands of rape kits that have not been tested because they don't have the resources. Start there. Even if you don't want to do uh, gun reform, start there. If we're talking about gun reform, we really got to talk about it because not just the big shooting that happened in San Diego. I pulled up, there's a website. Um, you should all go look at it because I don't know if you know this, but for a while it was pretty much against the law, not against the law, but there was no way, there, there is no centralized government survey or database of gun violence in America. And that is because the NRA paid lobbyists to pay politicians, Republicans, to make sure that the government did not keep any official record of gun violence in America because it makes the NRA look bad. So if you want to know about mass gun gun violence or mass shootings in America, you have to go to something like the gunviolencearchive.org, right? An independent uh, study that documents all of the gun violence in America. And so I went there today. It's called gunviolencearchive.org. Just this week, there was a shooting in Chicago, four were injured. We have the California San Jose shooting where 10 people were killed. In Michigan on the 24th, two people were killed, two people were injured. On the 24th in Ohio, four people were killed. On the 23rd in Illinois, four people were injured. We have so many other people who were injured. We have one shooting on the 22nd in South Carolina at a Piggly Wiggly. 13 people were injured, one person was killed. So every single day, there is gun violence. 
And you going to sit here, Mr. Garland, and tell us that you want to invest in law enforcement and trust and legitimacy? That's one of the points. One of the points of his plan is meaningful law enforcement engagement with and accountability to the community. How are you going to be accountable to a community that you don't even live in? How about we start there? If you want to invest in law enforcement, you got to tell first through third year police officers that they need to live in the community that they police. If you want them to have meaningful conversations, meaningful relationships, you need to live in a community that you want to be working for for the first three years of your um, of your career so that you can build trust and people can know who you are and they can talk to you. You can know their first name. We don't want you motherfuckers coming in when it's hot, trying to play double dutch when it's a motherfucking block party. We don't want you coming around here giving out socks with this motherfucking blizzard and shit. No, nah, you got to live here. I want to be able to say Officer Jenkins lives down that block. I know where he lives. I'm going to go knock on his door and tell him I said, what's up? That's how you build community. Another point in the Merrick Garland plan for redeeming or fixing violent crime in America. Invest in prevention and intervention programs. If you're not stopping guns, the program is obsolete. You know what I'm saying? Well, I grew up. There were programs. Kids would go to after-school programs. It was a program called Jackie Robinson in New York City, and it was all over the city, all over the city. And it was after school. You would go there. They would help you with your homework. You would pick an activity. You could jump rope. You could play basketball. You could go outside and play kickball. All those programs on the way. All of those programs on the way. All of those programs on the way. And when those programs went away, kids turned to gangs. They turned to violence. They had nothing to do. Kids are restless. They need some sort of activity, whether it's physical or, or mental. All those programs are gone. And now it's even hard to do those programs because most of the schools that have those programs are no longer in existence. Now those schools are charter schools or they've been closed down altogether. So now you got to build in infrastructure, right? You got to build in buildings so that people can have communities, so they can have community centers. And of course, when you have community centers, who are the people who are advocating for them or not? The council city members. So now if you live in a community that is gentrified, you may have a a city council member who be like, yes, we need some programs for the youth. But then they be like, well, we don't want them too rowdy. So then they do shit like, oh, we'll put up basketball courts, but we'll take the hoops down at nine o'clock because we don't want to hear niggas playing basketball at nine o'clock. Well, the game don't get good till the sun go down. So what are we doing? Yes, PAL as all. Well. PAL, it, it was the Police Athletic League, but it was like all the cool black cops. It was like the PAL, Police Athletic League, were all the cool black and brown cops who was like, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a look out for the little homies. The white, I never seen, I ain't never seen a white cop during PAL. I played PAL softball. I ain't never seen a white cop. I only seen black cops. So I say all that to say, Mr. Garland, and, and that's not the plan. I don't know how I can reach you, but that's not the plan. That's not the plan. And, and you upsetting me and my homegirls. I don't appreciate you trying to give more credence to law enforcement and not credence to the people who are actually out here surviving and struggling and trying to get a motherfucking way out of no way. So maybe I should run for attorney general or be appointed because Merrick Garland, this ain't it. This ain't it. All right. Moving on. I saw this next story on Instagram, um, an account on Instagram entitled Pull Up for Change posted this meme and I had to do some digging. Actually, one of our viewers uh, brought it to my attention as well. Um, and she said, I want to know more. So I, there's not much more. I can't really, I don't know, but this is it. Pull Up for Change posted this. Most of the 50 billion in woke corporate donations to racial justice causes did not reach black communities. Now let's break this down. Do you remember after George Floyd, well, all of these organizations were like, you know what? 
y'all are right. We have not done all that we can do to include black and brown people of all people, all people across the um, minority diaspora. And we're going to donate, you know, right? You know, people are donate X amount of money, Apple, Target, everybody's don't speaking of donations. Uh, you can look down below if you want to donate to Chloe Cross America. Um, <laughs> but um, basically, all of these companies, all these major companies that made so much money during a pandemic, that's a whole nother conversation. We're saying, yes, we'll throw some money at the problem, right? So according to Fortune, companies like Amazon, they said they were donating funds. They said they were, Amazon said they were also going to hire more people of color. We don't know about that. Berkshire Hathaway um, said that they're not really doing that. They voted down any way to like provide annual diversity reports, even though they said that they were going to do that. Um, Target, which is actually headquartered in Minneapolis, where George Floyd was murdered, um, they said that they were going to spend um, $2 billion over the next three and a half years on mostly black owned business initiatives. So that may be why you see in Target like a lot of black owned companies in there, um, makeup lines, all of that stuff. But that doesn't reach the community, right? If you're if you're if you're a company and you're saying I'm gonna give two billion dollars to have more black um, business owners in the store, the bottom line of all of that is you're motivated by commerce, right? Now it'd be different if you said we're gonna spend two billion dollars and we're gonna give gift cards to women in shelters or to homeless people so they can come here and buy some clothes. I mean, see, the thing is when people want to give, especially corporations, when they say they're going to give, they do the same thing. They always find a middleman. So if you want to know how to make some money, okay, you need to open up a consulting company. Because every major corporation, Fortune 500 company, when it comes to stuff with racial issues, they're going to hire a consultant, preferably a person of color, to tell them how to get their shit right. And what that person does is that person cakes up and you never see nothing happen. It's kind of like, it's kind of like, do y'all remember? Do you remember um, when Wyclef Jean was like um, advocating for donations to Red Cross because Haiti had the big earthquake and then Haiti was like, yo, we never got that money? That's what that's like. So if you want to get a grip, go ahead. I encourage y'all start a side hustle. Go out there, start, you know, Chloe Consulting across America and, you know, get your good, you know, like business jacket on so you can interview on Zoom and pull up some bullshit ass Excel spreadsheets that they're not going to check anyway because they really don't give a fuck. And you tell them, listen, I am the way I am the answer. I am the light. Invest with me and I will make sure that the money gets to the black and brown community. And you take that money and you go ahead and do the things that actually need to be done in the community because they ain't doing it. They're not really reaching down to the people. They just saying that they are so that people don't cancel them. Now, I ain't gonna lie, I love Target, honey. I think this shirt, this shirt is definitely from Target. Okay, I love me some Target. Um, I don't really fuck with Walmart because you know, yeah. but I like Target, and I really wish that they would actually do a little bit more. I mean, Amazon is Amazon. You know, they're not even letting the people have unions at Amazon, and there's a lot of black and brown people who work in these uh, warehouses fulfilling these orders with 24-hour turnaround, and they still not, they not even treating those people right. If you're not even treating your employees right, how? I, there's no way I believe that she was going to actually come up off that money. $50 billion is gone in the wind. You have no idea where that money's going to hit black and brown people. And it may never hit them. Because something else will happen that will divert our attention. And that's what we got on that. Wyclef Jean also tried to run for president. And they was like, nigga, you do not live in Haiti. You do not live in Haiti. We do not want you here. We didn't get that money that you raised for us. And we're not voting for you. So that's what happened with Wyclef Sean. Okay. 
Moving on. If you don't know this about me, I used to be a basketball player. I'm 6'1". I've been the tight since I was 12. Um, and I, I've been a big woman in my, my day. I've gone up and down. So this story struck a chord, struck a chord with me. This is, go to the next picture. This is WNBA star Liz Cambage. She is 6'8". That's right. Six apostrophe eight, six foot eight inches. Now she got into the news because during a recent game, the coach from the opposing team made a very disparaging remark about her body. Liz was playing. She and a player on that coach's team got into a foul um, and the referee called, made a call. And the coach said, come on, you can't call that on my player. This bitch is huge. She's 300 pounds. And to that, I'll play, the, I'll play it, Tim. To that, Liz had this to say to the coach of the Connecticut Sun. Something went down uh, in today's game. I don't need to speak on it because if there's one thing about me is that I will never let a man disrespect me. Ever! Ever, ever, especially a little white one. So to the coach of Connecticut, I'm sorry, little sir man, I do not know your name, um, but the next time you try to call out a referee, um, you know, trying to get a call being like, come on, she's 300 pounds, I'm gonna need you to get right, baby, because I'm 6'8", I'm weighing, I just double checked, because I, I love to be correct and get facts, I'm weighing 235 pounds, and I'm, I'm very proud of being a big bitch body big ben's baby that's right big body big ben's baby yes six eight that's a big bitch she knows she's a big bitch but she is nowhere near 300 pounds and so that is what my issue is right i did not pull up a picture of the the son's coach but he's a little white man um he's been fined by the WNBA and suspended for his offensive comments it's like see men be forgetting that they around women right men be forgetting that you are a coach and an all-women's professional basketball league. The last thing you want to do is talk about any woman's physical body. You shouldn't do that in real life. You damn sure shouldn't do it in sports. And how dare you consider yourself a coach when you're not even being sensitive to women's bodies? Like, get out of here. And that's why, you know, this is a sidebar. And this is something that I feel very strongly about. When men coach women's sports across the board, across the board, I always have a little side eye because nine times out of 10, they cannot play the sport themselves. They would never be hired as a coach in a men's league. And three, there is a lot of misogyny within them that lets them believe with no real experience, no athletic, athletic ability to themselves. They can tell women what to do and women will listen. So that is why this little short man, the coach of this Connecticut son felt that it was within his right to say whatever the fuck he wanted to say about this woman. And I'm glad that she spoke up. And it also bothers me that he wanted to say that she was 300 pounds, because let's look at her body. If you go to her page, she stay posting thirst traps. 300 pounds where, bitch? 300 pounds where? But that is how they see us. When they see a tall black woman, when they see a strong black woman, we automatically become this monstrous, oversized, un, 
chainable, uncontrollable entity that needs to be penalized. Brooke says, I'm 6'2", and my goal weight is her fat weight. Yes, 235. 235. Nobody fat. I'm looking at her. She, go to her page, y'all, Liz Cambage. She stay posting half-naked photos. He ain't even look at her page. You can't even look at her page and be like, she's 300 pounds. Nowhere close. Nowhere close. 6'8". I hope she finds somebody because she be posting like for real. I hope she get all the love of man, woman, whoever she's into. I hope she is uh, satisfied in the bedroom because she out here working. You hear me? She out here posting. She's been in the WNBA for five years. And I'm glad that she was able to speak her piece because stop disrespecting us. You can't get a check called working with women and then turn around disrespecting women. Your whole job is working with women and you don't even know how to talk to us, right? You better talk to us nice. You better talk to us nice. He got fined and suspended. I'll find out um, if he's ever coming back. I, I, I got connects on the inside. All right. Now, we go from one man who's problematic to another man who is clearly petty. Today, for Throwback Thursday, Sean P. Diddy Love Combs, a.k.a. Puff Daddy, posted this throwback of him and ex-girlfriend, J-Lo. Now, the reason why he posted this may be unclear to some people, but I know a petty move when I see a petty move. If you are not aware, J-Lo has broken up with fiance A-Rod. She has expeditiously reunited with her previous ex. Let's go to the next picture. Ben Affleck. This is a picture of them on Mother's Day. Do you know, do you know how much of no give a fuck you got to have to spend Mother's Day with your ex after you just broke up with your ex-fiance? And you got kids that's not even his? Baby, Jayla don't give a good goddamn, okay? So when I saw Puffy posting that picture of J-Lo and him, go back to the picture, Tim, go back to the picture. I mean, this is so long ago. They holding newspapers and magazines. If you don't get this last century shit out of here, sir, you don't even wear Sean John no more. Sean John not even in existence. You pulling this up just to let us know what. I'm going to tell you what he was doing. I'm going to tell you what he was trying to do. What he was trying to do was he was trying to let us know that he had it first. That's all it was. That's all it was. Oh, you think you're going to go back to, to, to Ben Affleck? I want everybody to know I had it first. It's very toxic. Somebody tweeted today, if your ex hits you up asking how you doing and if you okay, they probably getting married and they want to know if they got one last shot with you before they get with their girlfriend. And let me tell you something. I have been on the receiving end of those. Hey, what's up? How you doing? People been, people been hitting me up recently. What's going on? Men, I gave my number two that I ain't talked to in years. All of a sudden, hey, what's up? Can we go out on that date? Nigga, what? No, you out, you up to something, you up to something petty, you up to something foolish. I don't understand it. I don't appreciate Diddy posting his picture. And I know what he was doing. He started a conversation. He could always, you know, dodge the bullet and be like, oh no, I just like this photo. Oh, you know, no, 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 no. Men are not that clever. <laughs> Sorry, men. Let me, let me go big so y'all can see my face and see my, hear my sincerity. Men, y'all are never that clever. You think you pulling a move on us? You never pulling a move on us. Nine times out of 10, we know you pulling a move and we let you pull a move to see how far you can pull a move to. 
only certain women have no fucking clue, but those, those are rare and they have no clue if they really love you. And they like, you know, but, but on, on the fringe, like a ex like that, if I was JLo, I would see that. I'd be like, here, this nigga go again. He just so mad. I got back with Ben and I get back with him. But Diddy, you have already proven that your date track record is suspicious. Okay. You was with Cassie for 10 years, wasted all her good youth. Good thing she looked good, but you wasted all of Kathy's, uh, Cassie's youth. For 10 years, she was rolling by you, okay? She ain't even drop a good album with you. You a whole music executive uh, impresario. You couldn't even craft up an album for Cassie to go to top one. She would have been better off staying with Ryan Leslie. You took her from Ryan Leslie. You made her your girl. You kept her in a gilded cage for 10 years. She had to leave with your trainer to get a man to marry her. Now she got two kids. And all of a sudden, when Kim Porter, your your ex and longtime baby mama, who you did not commit to, once she passes away, now all of a sudden, I love her so much, I should have married her. Fast forward to J-Lo getting on with her life, and now all of a sudden, you want to post this throwback picture of her with Ben, with you, because she out here with Ben? Listen, the only person, the only person that I want to hear a reaction from is Ben's ex-wife. What's that bitch name from Alias? What's her name? What's her name? From Alias. What's her name? She be doing the credit card commercials. Jennifer Garner. I just want to know what Jennifer got to say. Because see, a woman in that situation, a woman in that situation be like, yo, we got together after you broke up with her and you told me all the things that you hated about her. You told me all the things you couldn't stand about her. You told me all the reasons why I was the woman you wanted to be with. You told me all the reasons why I was a great mother. And that's so Ben, you with J-Lo on Mother's Day? I'm the mother of your children. Jennifer got kids with Ben, and he is with J-Lo on Mother's Day. Girl, shut it down. Shut it down. Let me tell you something. If that was me, and I and I'm not, I'm not trying not to be a petty, a petty a petty person, but let me tell you something. If Ben didn't FedEx me or hand deliver or have somebody hand deliver me a motherfucking amazing Mother's Day gift while he was with his ex-girlfriend on Mother's Day, I'm burning it down. <laughs> Fire it up. Fire it up. You ain't getting another gift from me. I don't care if the kids is nine or nine months. I ain't scribbling no motherfucking baby scribble on no cards saying Happy Father's Day. You better believe that. You was with your ex on Mother's Day and I had your kid. I got your kid. Courtney says sometimes it pays to be petty. How much money is Diddy getting off of that post? He ain't making no money off that post. All right. We got a couple more stories to go before I open up the lines and have y'all text me so you can join and let me know what you want to talk about. All right. Next story. Now, we are just getting to the point where 70% of many states are actually 100% vaccinated. There's still a lot of places that are not 100% vaccinated. And a lot of people have been complaining about having to travel with their um, vaccination passport and all this other stuff. And why I got to show that I got it if I want to travel to another country. Well, let me tell you something. The authorities got something for your ass. Introducing the COVID K9s. They are humming, coming at you like Cleopatra. Um, watch this video. So in England, Authorities are training dogs to sniff the socks of people and detect whether or not they have COVID. They're hoping that these dogs who are excellently trained will be able to walk through people in the airport 
and detect if that person has COVID-19 or not from their motherfucking socks. Do you hear me? They gonna be sniffing your socks to see. Now that made me question. I wanted to be like, hold up. COVID could be in your socks. Like, is it, does it come out in your skin? Cause they, they said it was like only like through, you know, like only through like saliva droplets that you can get it. I know then that it's saying there's a whole new airborne like variant to it, but in your socks, what are you going to do if you lied about your vaccination? <laughs> Brooke said, but can they smell weed? Um, I'm sure those dogs didn't get trained for that. You know, they got a whole nother set of dogs and, and, um, and they see, yes, that's right, Courtney, there's a 98% success rate that these dogs are going to be able to sniff COVID on your socks. So what you going to do when you lie about being vaccinated and you trying to go to Cancun with your homegirls and you see them dogs, you're going to run to the bathroom and take your socks off? It comes out of your pores. Now, my question is, do the dogs get COVID after they've been sniffing fucking COVID all day long? <laughs> Do the dogs get, are the dogs vaccinated? What What is, what is the CDC saying about dog vaccines for COVID? Because we, are we sacrificing dogs like the way they used to sacrifice bunnies? Did you know back in like the 40s and the 50s, maybe even the 30s and the 40s, probably 40s, 50s, 1940s and 50s. Um, if a woman was pregnant, she would take, in order for her to find out before pregnancy test, she would go to some place and they would take your urine and they would inject your urine in a bunny. And if the bunny died over like the next couple of days, you were pregnant because the hormone in a pregnant woman kills bunnies. So are we sacrificing dogs so that people cannot go on vacations? I mean, I'm fine. I'm fine. I mean, I'm not fine with the sacrificing the dogs. I don't want the dogs to die, but um, I definitely don't want the dogs to die. But I do want the dogs to let me know if I'm about to be on a plane with somebody who um, has COVID because motherfuckers lie. Motherfuckers lie all the time. All the time. So instead of them goofy ass rapid tests, why didn't they just have a bunch of dogs? Well, Brooke, this uh, pro pilot program is taking place in England. You know, America, first of all, you try and have a bunch of golden retrievers in, in LAX or, or JFK Airport or O'Hare in Chicago and see how many white people try to free them from they, from their bondage. The next thing you know, there'll be a whole new uh, Dodo video on Instagram talking about, I, I rescued this dog from Terminal 7. They were trying to have him sniff COVID all day. You know, we ain't, we ain't with that. We would rather lie and take our, people would rather lie and take their chances to have a dog sniff them. Now, <laughs> let it be a cat. First of all, if it was cats, cats will be cutting up everybody's ankles if they had a smell. Cats will be on strike if they had to smell COVID for sure. I remember one time I was in an airport and, um, and it was dogs and I, I don't have anything on me. This is like before I even started smoking weed really. Um, and so I was like, oh, there's a dog. And there was a man and he was like in front of me and he had like a duffel bag and he like saw the dogs and it was like so smooth, but the authorities know what to look for. And he like took a beeline and like got off the line and you could see the police looking at each other like, and I was like, oh, nigga, you got got, they got you, honey. They done found out you got something with you. You about to go to the bathroom and try to flush what down. Not enough. So the dogs work. I hope they don't get COVID. I hope they don't get COVID. I hope they don't get COVID. All right. We got two more stories before you folks can come on and join us tonight. If you are joining us tonight, I please ask that you have a good uh, audio system, whether it's your earbuds or microphone, if you fancy like some people last week. Make sure you have good lights so we can see your beautiful face and you can come on. We can talk about things. I actually have something to bring to the table. So I want us to talk about this as a family and then we can go on. If you have other things you want to talk about, we can talk about that too. Okay.
Now, um, this next story came to my attention late. Um, I took Twitter off my phone because it was just sucking up all my good energy. And I advise y'all, if you need to take a step away from social media, do that. That is my little, the more you know, self-care um, advocacy message. So I got to Twitter late and everybody was talking about this baby shower and she lied and the girl, she wasn't even pregnant. So I had to double down. Shout out to Naima Cochran, who has been on the show, friends of the show, um, who took receipts. Okay. And so there, apparently this young woman claimed that she was pregnant, but she was not pregnant. She was wearing a fake stomach. Um, she was in a, a sexual relationship with a young man for a month, maybe. She said she was pregnant, and then she took his family on this wild ride for nine months saying that she was pregnant. Her story was um, found out that she was lying because she was wearing a, a fake stomach, and somebody saw her stomach. Now, the whole time she was married, she never let, I mean, not married, the whole time she was pregnant, she never let anybody touch her stomach. Red flag number one. Every time the boyfriend, not the boyfriend, but the guy, because they weren't together, every time the guy was like, I want to go to the doctor's appointment. She had an excuse. Oh, I want to come see you. Let me see the sonogram. Apparently, this young lady um, downloaded a, a sonogram off the internet and his family got suspicious and a Google image reverse searched it and they realized that she pulled it off the internet. But before all of this went down, before everything was found out, she had a gender reveal. And here is a video of their gender reveal. You told us what, sis? You told us what? Now, I'm not going to rag on this young girl because clearly it is a mental instability. Um, his family has been on social media telling this side of the story. Um, one caption on the Instagram account, I believe it's like either his mother or auntie or something. She said she had, she really had a gender reveal for a fake pregnancy and now she lost control of the situation and wants to fight, vandalize, disrespect because she has been exposed nine months with no baby. People have given this girl money, bought things for the baby, and she couldn't even apologize and tell the truth. Instead, she continues to claim being pregnant and play victim. She really tried to discredit my son's character and belittle him entire the entire time by wearing a fake belly and speaking of his fake baby by name, Jade Ivy. Now, when I see stories like this, I want to know what is really going on with the person. Because to play fake pregnant is a lot. That's some shit you did in high school when you was dating a drug dealer and you wanted money for an abortion. Did I just did I just tell on my childhood? Because, honey, let me tell you something. Going to Mary Bertram High School between 1994 and 1998, a lot of bitches said they was pregnant so they can get money from their drug dealer boyfriend. That was the whole point of having a drug dealer boyfriend so you could scare that nigga into shaking him down for $350 to get an abortion. And you come up the next day with some new Timberlands and a motherfucking baby fat jacket. So I don't know why women are doing this now because who, who want to be having a, it's social media. It's so many receipts. It's so many receipts. She dragged his family to a gender reveal. She did all of this and it was never no baby. What is it called? Amara It's called feudosisis. I don't even know how to say that. Some people want to be pregnant. I understand that. Some people want to have children. I understand that. You're what? you're an idiot. It's pseudo slices. 
pseudocysis. I'm not an idiot, nigga. I'm doing a motherfucking live show. You back there doing nothing. You ain't got time. You got nothing but time to put the comments up. See, and this is why we need to have abortion rights for women so we can get rid of niggas like them. Cut that bitch off. Next caller. <laughs> oh, I love how my green screen is like so green. It messes up my teeth sometimes. Okay. Um, sis, I wish you wellness. Um, I wish Elania Benzant did not stop her um her show on own because you and your family need to be up there with with Miss Iyanla. They need to be up there with Miss Elania because you need you need help. You need upliftment. You need a hug. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Ali said you had to have a baby fat jacket, a must for teen pregnancy, fake or not. Absolutely. Ba the baby and baby fat was fake baby or real baby. Either way, y'all gonna be warm. Y'all gonna be warm. There's a lot. It was a lot of big teenage bellies poking out the bottom of baby fat jackets. And I know I'm not alone. I mean, I've never been pregnant, but definitely. That was that was the uniform. You see a bitch wearing, um, if she kept her jacket on all day, if you was in high school between 1994 and 1999, and a bitch came to school one day and was wearing a jacket every day and never took it off, it, it could be man. This bitch is still wearing her baby fat. Her hair was always back in a slick back ponytail because she gave up on her edges. She, she didn't wear a book bag no more because she couldn't balance the equilibrium on the weight. So she had an over-the-shoulder tote bag. She stopped carrying her motherfucking books. She sat in the back and she didn't sit at the seat like this, right? She didn't sit with, with the table like this. She had to sit. She always found a seat that was against the against the uh, motherfucking lockers and she would sit this way because her belly couldn't fit. If the table was here, she would sit this way and she always have an attitude because she in fucking third trimester and we don't even know the shit because we fucking kids and this bitch like a whole goddamn mama to be. And she kept that dirty ass baby fat coat on. Never washed it. Never washed it for nine months. <laughs> Elania wouldn't have fixed it. <laughs> Brianna. <laughs> I'm just telling y'all my childhood. I remember that. I remember that. All right. Speaking of somebody who, who should have did a little bit more work, um, this tweet came across my timeline today. Apparently, this gentleman was busted in Zimbabwe for breaking into people's homes. And what caught people's attention was his cat burglar costume of choice. Let's look at this. He was wearing a skeleton outfit, y'all. He was breaking into people's homes with a skeleton outfit on. In the, in the middle of the night. Stealing people's uh, personal belongings, wearing this shit. Now, my thing is, are people that are afraid of ghosts in Zimbabwe, that they're like, oh my God, it's a, it's a ghost. It's a skeleton. They don't know what to do. Because I feel like if you're going to wear a costume, why didn't you just wear all black? Dressed in all black like the omen. How my friends saying this is for my homie. They're like, come on out. If you gonna wear, if you, I would prefer you wear all black and walk in my house, and me maybe not see you because it's too dark in my apartment. Then to, then you to wear a skeleton because you know what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna stab you. I'm gonna find something. I'm gonna stab you. I ain't letting you walk out with my TV and that shit, man. What happened to you? I don't know, officer. Um, I'm so glad that uh, Attorney General Merrick Garland gave you more money so y'all could show up on time to this black neighborhood, the black and brown neighborhood that I live in. Because uh, a, a skeleton just walked out of here with my TV. If you catch him fast, he's probably two streets over. Because he's a skeleton. He ain't got that much muscle mass. I mean, I know that television is heavy. It's 65 inches. So 
I don't know how strong skeletons are with no muscle mass and no tone. I did not go see that uh, Chinese exhibit where they was taking prisoners and skinning their skin off and so we could see how the body worked. But um, I ain't got to see that to know that this nigga probably ain't far with my motherfucking 65-inch TV. A skeleton, a bag of bones. Find that nigga fast. You know who was mad about this story? He was like, hold on, wait a minute. I'm the only ghost, okay? I'm the only one that be breaking up homes and stealing shit. I'm the only one. And he not even on TV no more. He actually may resort to um crime because he ain't on TV no more. No, I'm just joking. He's fine. Omari Hardwick, he was cool. He was in that movie. Um, Tim, did you watch that movie, Army of the Dead? Did you like it, Tim? Tim said he don't know he'd like it. But Omari, uh, you're a cool actor. I hope you get more work. Don't let people slander your name like that, okay, ghost? Don't let them do that to you, ghost. All right. The time has come, ladies and gentlemen. The time has come. If you want to join the show, you know what to do. You need to text me at that number and I will send you the link and you can join the show and talk about whatever you want to talk about. But I do have a story that I wanted to discuss because it is interesting to me. All right. Let me make sure I can get these links ready for y'all. Okay. Text away. Um, and there was someone, I'm not going to say their name, but someone was like, yo, I really want to come on this week. So if, if you're watching, make sure you text me. I'm not going to say who it is because I don't want nobody to lie and say that they're the person because I don't know your numbers. So if you are watching, you know who, um, text me and be like, it's me because I'm ready to come on. Okay. So this will be the story that we want. I want us to all weigh in on. There is a steakhouse chain called Steak 48 that recently posted this new requirement for any dinner service. There is now a $100 per person food and beverage minimum for each person at your table. In order for us to ensure, see, they, they would do a code of language. In order for us to ensure that each guest enjoys the total experience of food service and atmosphere, y'all each need to pay up per person $100. This does not include tax or tip. Welcome. You're going to have a great night. Am I though? Am I though? Now, of course, people love to say, but if you don't have $100, you shouldn't go out to dinner. But let us unpack that. Because they would not put this up there if they did not feel as though there was a certain clientele that they did not want in their establishment. In addition to this now $100 per person rule, they also stipulate a whole host of decorum requirements. No hoodies, no do-rags. It's like, come on now, who's doing that? And nobody's really wearing hoodies and do-rags like that. Come on now, like, please. Men are very vain now. They're not wearing do-rags. Um, no athletic shoes, no no vests. Like, pretty much any description that you could have about, like, okay, put it like this. Their description is, like, whenever you see um, video games, you ever see video games, and the person is a black person and they still got them dressing like, like 1999. Like they describe that black character in a, in a video game. Like no baggy jeans, no, no underwear showing, no oversized uh, jackets, no, no beanies, no hoodies, no caps, no this. And it's just like, just say you don't want black people in your establishment. Just say you don't want us there. And I hope when we see this, we say, you know what? I'm not going to go there. What I don't understand is when people say, well, I got the money. I'm going to show you. I don't got to prove nothing to you, honey. Congratulations. You played yourself. I don't have 
to prove nothing to you. Nothing. You hear me? Nothing at all. Save your Hello. Save your coins. Take that hundred dollars. Go to Costco. Buy you a bunch of fucking steaks. Put them on a the grill with all the accoutrements. And you ain't got to worry about service being bad. You know who seasoned it. You know it's done well. You ain't got to worry about none of that stuff. Stop going to places that put so many restrictions in front of you to, to even be there. You know what I'm saying? Just, just don't do it to yourself. Just don't do it to yourself. Just don't, just don't do it to yourself. All right, let me put the number back up. If y'all want to join us, you can join us and hear what you got to say. Let me get the number back up here again. Tim, you got anything you want to say? Tim, would you go to this restaurant? When's the last time you went to a steakhouse? You want me to take you out? How the fuck you going to take me out? I could send you a motherfucking cash app, nigga. Wait, Most speaking of cash apps, cash apps, how many weeks has it been? Listen, Tim, don't even play yourself because you came on here. You told me that you was too good for my money because you got a job. Remember that? Remember you said that? Remember you said that? No, I said that I was going to give you a break because I got a job, but that ain't mean that you were just supposed to go along with it. Like, that was some bullshit. What are you even talking about right now? See what I got to do with y'all? See what I got to do with? You know what? I'm bringing somebody on here because they support me. Uh, please welcome back to the show, Smitty. Hey, Smitty, how are you? <laughs> Yo, what's up, Chloe? Yo, Tim, what's up, dog? See, you see how fast he go because he know he about to get roasted. Go ahead, Tim. No, uh-uh. Say hi, Tim. Hey, what's going on, man? Hey, all right, bro. Do yeah. your job, man. When I'm out there, <laughs> I'm going to give me some drum lessons. Man, no, man. But we can get some chicken wings, though. All right. <laughs> I'll be there. I'll be there to support you. Smitty, what are your thoughts on tonight's show? What topic got you all riled up? Oh, no. No, well, well, you know, you, you laid down some good things on all the previous topics. But I do want to address just this topic that you just mentioned. I mean, it's so highly racist in its, you know, come on. I mean, you want to try to be exclusionary, but it's racist. Now, uh, as an addendum to this story, I don't know if you had read or heard about this story. Uh, the great Hall of Fame basketball player, Dominique Wilkins, right, mm -hmm. from the Atlanta Hawks, right? Legendary, right? The human highlight reel, all that, right? Hall of Famer. Right now, this story just happened a few days ago where he was he went he and his wife went to a restaurant in Atlanta where he's like, you know, everybody knows Dominique Wilkins in Atlanta. Right. So he goes to this restaurant. Uh, there's already people, you know, sitting inside the restaurant. He wanted a, a, like a patio table out, out, outside. Right. So they're standing in line. You know, he said, hey, you know, we'd like a table. And the person you know, at the at the desk is like, well, we're, you know, uh, we can't, you know, we're not able to serve you. And he's like, well, wait a minute. There's all these tables, the empty tables right here in the patio area. Like, I don't understand. Oh, uh, well, well, let me go check, right? Couple minutes go by. Well, I'm sorry, sir. It's impossible. Uh, we can't, you know, we can't serve you. So clearly, so he went on, he went on social media and basically blasted the restaurant and just said, hey, you know, this is what happened. You know, I think it's just extremely racist what they did. And then people on social media picked it up and they started blasting the restaurant. Right. And then so after this whole big blow up, 
then the owner of the restaurant, uh, you know, types this, you know, quote unquote apology. Uh, you know, we're sorry to Mr. Wilkins about, uh, you know, this misunderstanding and blah, blah. And we welcome him anytime, you know, to, to, to come to our, you know, restaurant and our establishment, and blah, 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 you know? So it's just more of the same, you know, just, just say you hate black folks and keep it moving. Right, you tell us you don't want us to eat your food, and that's fine. And the thing about it is like- the Well, I don't want to eat your bland raisin in a potato salad food, no way. First of all, <laughs> steakhouses steak are overpriced. They're overpriced. There's no point in you going to a steakhouse other than to just show that you have the money for it. If I'm going to do steak, I want to do Korean barbecue where I can get me some Kobe beef steak. Like, I, I want to do something extravagant. I'm not going to eat a porterhouse. I can go to goddamn the supermarket and get a porterhouse. Right, right. So here's my thing, Chloe. Like, if you if you are mandatorily charging people 100 bucks a plate, right? Now, I'm just saying, that's got to be the most finest succulent riches like the, the like the, the the steak the meat has to just like melt in your mouth as soon as i mean it's got to be the highest grade quality i mean everything if you serving mashed potatoes man them mashed potatoes got to be like from the highest uh you yeah. know plant in idaho somewhere i don't know but they can't, box. They, can't they can't come from a box see my right, thing is that so the thing is, is, but they don't understand if they do this, right? If they do this, I mean, they're doing it, right? And I think they're a franchise. You are now opening up the gates for ultimate criticism, right? Can right. you imagine the table of black women on a Mother's Day Sunday at there? They gonna pick up, are they gonna drive your waist staff crazy? Because they saying, I'm paying $100. I got the $100. Right. I'm retired. I got the money. Y'all gonna serve right. me everything the way I want to send it back. Right. And wait a minute. You no, you didn't put enough ice cubes in my drink. Go on back and put some more ice cubes in my drink. Right. Yep. I, I mean, if I'm paying a hundred bucks, first of all, I don't even eat red meat, but I'll be killing some chicken. So yeah, y'all gonna serve me as much a hundred dollars worth of bird is what y'all yep. gonna be feeding me for a hundred dollars. I'm getting my I'm getting every penny worth of a hundred dollars of a meat. And now, and now you, now you got to retrain your whole wait staff because now you're dealing with a hundred, hundred dollar per person. You can't give me no, no, no kind of attitude. And if you're charging a hundred dollars per person minimum, the, this wait staff better be making more than four dollars an hour. Well, see, that was the point I was going to make. You, you sitting up here charging all this, you know, charging all this money to the patrons. But what are you paying your staff, right? Mm -hmm. If they're still, you know, isn't the average of, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, wage for waiters like two fifty? 275 crazy. crazy and you know what's yeah. so crazy is that well black people can go to an establishment right black right. people go to an establishment and they may not like um the place because they can say like you know i could tell you a little racist in here whatever but right. they will they will sympathize with a waiter or waitress who's doing a job so they may skip out on the bill but they will leave a tip for the waiter or the waitress for the waitress right right yeah i mean hey i understand you know but i mean it's you know uh, you know look Colonizers gonna colonize. Crack is gonna crack. <laughs> Thank you so much, Smitty. I appreciate you coming on. I'll see you next time. I uh, love you, love you, and uh, I'll hit that Venmo. Thank you. Well, don't tell Tim you hit my Venmo because he's gonna want some of it. <laughs> oh damn! Hey, that y'all y'all gonna have to hey, work well, that well, out. Well, my well, name um, is not her. <laughs> my Venmo. name is Earl, and I ain't in this pearl. Not her okay. Venmo. Um, you know, look out for brother. Chloe don't need it. <laughs> They, they, oh, oh, so Tim, you say Tim, you saying Chloe done gone Hollywood already? 
Yeah, yeah. yeah. She booking shows on Thursday and shit. Uh, I mean, what the fuck? Like, hey, how you gonna be booking shows on Thursday? Hey, look, speaking about shows, hey, hey, Chloe, since you're here in LA, look, you know I'm a musician. I play drums. Look, I'm playing. I, I play a Saturday afternoon gig or a late afternoon gig from five to eight at Post and Bean down in the Crenshaw Mall. Okay, I know what that yeah. is. Yeah, yeah. You know, because it's owned by a black couple, Chef John and his wife Ronnie. What is it called? Post and Beam? Post, like yeah. Post, Post and Beam. Beam, okay. Yeah, B E A M. Post and Beam, right in the Crenshaw Mall. I'm going to check it out. Thank you. Yeah, so much. I'm, I'm there five to eight on, uh, on Saturday. Every Saturday? Every Saturday? Yeah, yeah. We're, we're, we're out in the patio area. So the band plays outside and they got, you know, tables and stuff. And yeah. All right, all right. I'm gonna come by and check it out. Thank you so much. Oh yeah, I gotta show you love. Get a get a drink on me. All right, all right. Let's see. That's how you treat a lady, Tim. <laughs> um, please, ladies and gentlemen, give it up for Smitty. Um, thanks to all the folks in the comments. We have people uh, chiming in. We have a new guest who is joining us, who is making their debut on Chloe Across America. Um, and this is none other than the Melanie Mary. Hey. Hi, Chloe. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good, good. I'm here in LA. I'm in Hollywood, um, but I've been watching Chloe Across America at, before you moved here when you were still in New York in your apartment with the purple wall. Yes, that's right. That's right. The old faithful purple wall with the stain on the on the door. Yes, we come up. <laughs> came up, cut your hair, lost weight, came to LA. You doing it, girl? Doing it. Get you, get you. But it's hot girl summer. Well, I'm almost forty, so it's golden girl summer. I got the hair and everything. I am 40 and I am trying to have a toxic girl summer. I want to break hearts <laughs> and make accounts. That's my goal. Well, you know, they say if you vax and wax, then you can get it cracking. Then it's That's right. <laughs> That's right. So what, do you, what story do you want to talk about? Um, I want to talk about the pre-crime story. I'm actually an attorney. And so there were so many Fourth Amendment violations in that situation. I'm also from Chicago. I mean, I just got licensed here in California. I'm licensed in Georgia for 10 years and I just got licensed here. Um, but for for you to be able to either do a stop and frisk or you know in a, a, a deta like detain someone or even arrest you have to have probable cause probable cause is an articulable su suspicion that a crime is afoot so basically you it can't be just a hunch or mere um thought or accusation it has to be um reasonable suspicion that a crime has occurred and it has to either be in your presence or someone has to tell you about it. So you could be like a fleeing felon or something to that nature, but you can't just stop somebody like the whole stop and frisk in New York that um, the old Bloomberg, mayor. Bloomberg, yeah, Bloomberg. Acted, uh, Bloomberg, the mayor of three unprecedented terms. And then the whole broken broken windows thing. It was like, it was like if you see a broken window, that neighborhood needs more attention. It's like, no, that's not, <laughs> that's not what that means. Sorry, I just took the bar. I have all this dumb old English language in my head. Please forgive me. Someone said, she said a foot. Yes, reasonable articulable suspicion that a crime is a foot. Um, I also wanted to talk about the that restaurant, Steak 48. I'm not familiar, but apparently it's in Chicago, Houston, Charlotte, um, and Philadelphia. So like, how are you going to put a restaurant in black ass cities like that? I'm black, by the way. How are you going to put a restaurant in these, all these black cities? Guess what? All those cities have a Houston's. They have a Mastro's. So it's like you're not telling black people that go to those establishments that they haven't spent a certain amount because guess what? If the service is good and the food is good, I'm going to spend $100 at Mastro's, but you're not going to tell me I have to because what mm -hmm. if I just want to drink? I'm not going to drink $100 worth. You know what I mean? And so I think I just 
the hundred dollars is, is a bit, you know, presumptuous. Like people are just now coming out into the world again. You know what I'm saying? Like people have been home cooking their own meals or doing like delivery services and they might not even feel comfortable being in a restaurant to that degree. They may just say, listen, I want to go get a, a drink at the bar, but I don't want to sit in a big ass dining room with all these people. I don't know if they're back. Like there's so, and you know, you got to open your mouth wide to eat steak. You got to open, you got to let all that out to get that beef in there. You can't just be, it's not like you slurping ramen. Right, right. Yeah, so I agree. It's definitely, it's cold language. It's a dog whistle um, for basically we don't want black people here. Um, so, I mean, I won't be patronizing Steak 48. Like if I want a good steak, I mean, hey, yeah. you can go to Smith & Walensky's. You can go to Morton's. You can go to Mastro's. You can go to Crustacean. Like there's so many other places that you can go that don't require you to spend that much because most likely you're going to spend that much anyway, but you shouldn't have to spend, feel obligated to do so if you want good service. Absolutely. Well, I just want to um, echo what Daniel H says in the comments. Congratulations on passing the California bar. They heard it. It's very difficult. I got to send my shit off next week and I'm, I'm good to go. Within 30 days, you'll see Melanie Mary Davis on the California bar website. There um, you go. And what, uh, what law do you specialize in? Well, I used to do criminal and now I'll do, now I do disability law, but my, like, because of COVID, my business kind of dried up. So I'm back applying for jobs again when I work for myself for like five years. But hopefully once the courts open, my business will pick back up. But I may have to go work for somebody for a little bit. But you know the you know the entrepreneur lifestyle. Sometimes yes. you work for yourself, like for you doing gigs. Now you have a writing gig. Like so like sometimes the checks are steady, sometimes they're up, down. So I mean it's just the life of an entrepreneur, no matter what field you're in. Well, you have a fan in the comments, Zay says, I'm late. I wish I knew Melanie was gonna be on tonight. Melanie oh. in. Yes, it's my yeah, I just popped it, but I've been watching forever. Thank you, Franco. I've been watching forever, but I like this. I think you should do this every show because we um we have good um you have some pretty core followers. Like I see people in the comments. And Zay, I think Zay follows me on IG, so that's how he knows me. But yeah. I know. and, he, and I found out about you because of you're on Godfrey's podcast. So that's when I started following you. So that was like you were still in New York. Yeah, that was a while ago. <laughs> and I'm, yeah. I'm actually friends with Godfrey, so that's why that's how I know that's how I found you. So you never know. Coffee. That's right. You never know. And you know what's so funny, Melanie? When I was talking about this show concept with Mary Pryor, dear friend who pushed me to do it, and Tim, I was like, I want to have call-ins. I want to have callers. And then we just couldn't figure out the technology. But now this is so easy, and I'm so glad we're doing it. And we're just going to only improve because our one-year anniversary is coming up next month. So, How the hell are you going to mention Mary before you mention me? I said, listen, get it together. Uh, <laughs> Sue this nigga. Can I sue him? Can I sue uh, Tim? Please represent me. Defamation, definitely. You can sue him for defamation. Defamation of character, that's right. Look, look, you look like my little sister, so I'm not going to get too spicy with you, but um, <laughs> Chloe, no. She ain't suing nobody. because it, it wasn't. Yeah, well, you can't sue him if you owe him back pages, FYI. Yeah. Yep. Melody, who signed you on? Well, I'm the, I'm the devil's advocate. I got to play both sides. All right, fine. Somebody, somebody wants to know if you do pro bono. No. <laughs> no. The are too damn high in LA. Hell no. <laughs> exactly. Get that money. Thank you so much for joining us, Melanie. And I'd love to have you back for your legal I, expertise. I talk on social justice. I mean, Derek Chauvin's verdict, uh, Ahmaud Arbery and the subsequent um, hate crime law in Georgia. I mean, I can talk about all that stuff. I mean, because I'm into, you know, like criminal, but also political as well. So. Thank you so much. Please hit me up on IG so I can follow you back so I can know who you are. Um, and say that to everybody. I know some people I just talked to, but sometimes people have different names in the comments and then they hit me on IG and I don't know. So let me know if right. you hit me on IG, 
whether it's on the Chloe Across America or on my Chloe Hilliard straight up um, link. Let me know who you are so I can put two and two together. But thank you so yeah, much. And I'll send you my number and everything. But yeah, I can, I'll come back on if you want to do like a legal segment because I know a lot. I do disability law and I did criminal law and I have a vast knowledge of the law in general. Thanks, Pam. Right. Um, um, so, yeah, so I know yeah. I know. Tim got some questions about disability law. I, 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 I got it. Well, it's social security <laughs> disability. It's not a... Dan, that's bogus. Um, <laughs> I, got a, I was a little late, but I mean, heck, if you're over 50, I don't know how old he is. But if you're over 50, it's easier. But yeah, that's yeah. something I can also talk about as well. If, if okay. everyone wants to know the social security disability process, I can explain that in like five minutes as well. That's good. Oh, yeah. Uh, no, I don't need disability. <laughs> yeah, he said he just got a job. Oh. Disability, the first qualification, qualification for disability is that you can't be working. So you wouldn't qualify anyway. Exactly. Mm. Chloe, a spicy ass mouth. <laughs> you, you, you're lucky you where you at. Thank you so much, Melody. Thank you for joining. I'm so glad you can come on and Smitty as well. Thank you. Um, <laughs> bye. Um, and that concludes tonight's episode of Chloe Across America. Like I said, I really enjoy you guys tuning in. Um, we're going to make this a part of every single episode. So if you want to, you know, come on next week or the week after, let me know. Um, and maybe we'll do something even special for the um, anniversary show. So we'll get all of that together. But long story short, I appreciate each and every one of you for tuning in every single week. I appreciate you telling friends to tune in every single week. I will be here every Thursday um, from here on out, um, except when we take breaks and or I miss schedule something that's beyond my control. Um, but we will be here every single Thursday. Um, Tim, would you like to come up and say goodbye to the people? For what? You got it covered, right? You don't want to yell at them about anything? You know, you got your... Um, oh, oh, the this, this shit down here. Shit like, share, and subscribe. And what's the other thing? The Venmo. You can donate to the Venmo, the Cash App, and the PayPal. And, and the note for, for all of them should say, Chloe, make sure Tim gets some money. Okay. Because you, you be getting she she be getting donations and shit. She don't tell nobody about it. But and and she got what's the other one you have? What's the what Patreon? The, Patreon. You yeah. got some spicy shit up there because you know it's the hashtag fuck it and suck it all summer. Who said that? You oh, said that. I said that once, but I'm not holding a hashtag to my uh, intellectual property. Everybody hashtag Chloe Hilliard uh, fucking and sucking all summer. <laughs> <laughs> bye Tim alright bye everybody thank you for tuning in tonight I'll see you next Thursday we're going to have a great show please hit me in the IG comments and the DMs let me know if there's things you want to talk about if you want to be a guest let me know um, have a great weekend it's a holiday weekend don't choke on any hot dogs alright Tim take us out <laughs>